Good morning and welcome to Generation Tech. It is Tuesday, the 1st of June, 2021. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm joined, as always, by my dad, Jack. How you doing today? Very good, Todd. Good morning. Good morning to you. At least it's morning as we record. Somebody could be listening to this and it's not morning, so good afternoon and good day. Well, there was, let's there, see. I got another hour. <laughs> yeah. There was a TV show that uh, the, the, the character played by Jim Carrey used to, or a movie rather, and he would he, he would greet people with that, good morning, good afternoon, and good day. <laughs> <laughs> got them all covered. Yeah, that's right. Just in case. Yeah. Just in case. So, uh, anyway, so let's see what's going on in the tech world. Well, I know one thing that's been lingering out there for, uh, you know, slowly inching closer and, oh, we're now less than a week away is the launch of WWDC for the, those who are, uh, Apple aficionados. That's a big, big deal every year. So, yep. and we, we expect yeah. that, uh, in addition to all the, you know, they'll walk us through all the new versions of the OSs and the things that they're ready to announce about those. And, you know, it's funny because they always talk about that but and they go through betas and things, but there's always something in the OS too that, you know, we don't know about till it actually launches. And then you go, oh, look, they're now supporting this new feature in hardware that nobody had known about, right? Um, they try their best to hide right. that in the betas, but every once in a while it leaks out. You know, there's somebody digs into the beta code and goes, "Hey, wait a minute! There's this thing in here for this thing that they don't they don't sell one of those." You know, <laughs> and somebody <laughs> will find it. Uh, but I think the excitement is, or at least my my feeling is, is that this year there's a lot of excitement about well, what are they going to do? Announce as far as hardware because we're expecting some pro hardware um, and perhaps maybe the uh, the uh, second generation of the uh, m1 chip whether they call it the m2 or the m1x or whatever that will uh go into their more upscale machines like their uh larger macbook pros and the more powerful you know 13 or possibly even now 14 inch macbook pros and possibly um you know bes- uh, the, the first laptops that are actually designed for the m1 chip or the m series chips because uh, the two that have them now are basically just clones of what existed with an Intel chip. They just ripped the guts out, stuck in the new chip, and said, voila, you know? Um, yep. yeah. Well, it about so. has to happen. A developer's conference by its nature is a software conference, but uh, in order to get ready for the hardware, need, uh, Apple needs the developers uh, to do their thing so that when they get the hardware... Delivered, that they've got something to show for it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. that's what they'll be doing is uh, having a new uh, uh, software development kit with all the goodies inside that reflect sure. what's coming in the hardware, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Or take advantage of the it. hardware that they've already started shipping in ways that we're just not aware of yet, you know. Um, you know, or some that we can anticipate. Right. You know, I, it's I think some of it you can anticipate that they're going to. Um, uh, do that you know there's a certain amount of of um when they excuse me when they came out with the os uh the big sur os and the 14 dot series of operating systems for the uh, ios and ipad os and all those things all those devices uh this last year they they anticipated they were going to be now supporting this additional chip so obviously there's a lot of work going in there uh to do that 
But I suspect that this year what you'll see is uh, some refinements on what they've learned on how people use the systems. And so they'll say, okay, uh-huh. we're going to go back and, and, and maybe um, uh, do certain things a little differently or, or rewrite parts of the code in order to make it more efficient or, or hey, let's create some, um, some uh, libraries that will allow us to do certain things more easily and take advantage of the, the new hardware in ways that we hadn't been able to up to this point. And so I know developers are excited about that because, uh, uh, you know, it allow the the them to extend the advantage they have over Intel-based machines by um, by you know customizing the operating system to the hardware more specifically, and vice versa. I'd like to bring, I'd like to bring up something that came to my mind just this morning. I found an article uh, that claimed Craig Feger. Ferragini, I don't know how Federici. to say his name. Federighi. Federighi. Yeah, yeah. Federighi. But he's a he's the guru at Apple in terms of software. Right. And uh, and uh, he has apparently been interviewed and said some things that really would sound bad for Apple. Uh, uh, but it has to do with uh, security. And he said there are, uh, things aren't looking very good in in the Apple, uh, what's it called? Not iOS, but the OS. Uh, Mac what, OS? What's the uh, Mac OS? Yeah, mm-hmm. Mac OS, the computer operating system. And uh, I thought about that for a bit, and then it occurred to me uh, they have a whole new architecture now. And my guess is that there's a lot of stuff built into the new M1 mm-hmm. uh, that's non functional uh, in the sense of, you know, doing new and wonderful things, but is there to protect us. In other mm-hmm. words, it's kind of built like a security box. Right. And uh, that's that's going to be a new big thing uh, within Apple. And I think what he was kind of saying is they haven't done much with Mac OS, knowing that yeah. he didn't he didn't say this. Don't don't take me wrong. I'm reading into it. Right. Okay. That that for some time uh, it's been going on that they've had some security issues, but they haven't dealt with them uh, right. like they have in iOS because iOS has always had this future because they did the whole thing. But right. until they get rid of the uh, Intel processors, they couldn't do a lot of the, the work with the, with the uh, old machines. Yeah. And so well, also they have, you know, it's, they, they have to have compatibility. There's a legacy there with, the, with Mac OS that didn't exist with iOS. And so right. that also limits what you can and can't do with it, right? It's like, yeah, we can do these wonderful things, yeah. but it now now this software and that software doesn't run anymore. And so they've yeah. you know they've yeah. they've they've started plugging holes and tightening things, you know, incrementally over time. Um, I think, now, now, and that, I think you're right though. Now, that's going to continue. Now, now let me hit this at it from another angle. If you think about it, if if a guy as credible as Craig is releasing that kind of stuff out into the public, that should be a strong signal for guys that still have those old chips running that if they really care a lot about security, that they better make a move. Yeah. Yeah, I well, I mean, you know, it's really about. it was, I mean, it was, you know, what, a year and a half ago or something like that when they were talking about the fact that, and they talked about it for a while in the news and then they kind of quit talking about it, but it, no one fixed it. In that the actual micro architecture, the microcode on the chips had flaws in them that could be 
taken advantage of in the Intel and the AMD architecture. And, yeah. you know, and that had to do with how they how they did pre-processing for multi-threaded capabilities, right? And that's one of the things yeah. that has been architected differently in Apple's chips. They don't do that. They don't do it that way. And so, you know, they've already, you know, at the hardware level, fixed some problems that existed with Intel, and that's going to continue. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, though. I think that part of that chip design was uh, the M1 chip design we're talking about. Or the, I'm going to call it the M series because I assume there's going to be more than just the M1. But that at the yeah. chip at the chip level that they are looking at things like security and saying, hey, you know, what can what what structures can we build into this that we can do at the hardware level that will make it more of a a lockbox, more of a, a rock solid, um, you know, architecture for us to run on so that we, uh, you know, can can do things that maybe, you know, we, we couldn't have done when we only controlled the software side of it. And so they're looking, yeah. you know, they have a tendency to look at the the overall thing as opposed to just the, you know, just the hardware or just the software. And now they can they can they can do that, uh, you know, much more uh, finely than they could oh. previously. You know, they could require oh, yeah. or when they bought chips uh, from Intel, you know, those chips were specific for Apple. And it had been known for a while that some of the the processors that they bought from Intel were Apple binned parts. In other words, they were, you know, it was a, you know, uh, core two duo, you know, whatever, but that there was a slight difference between the one that was in the Apple one and the one that would have gone into a Dell because Apple bought enough of them that Apple uh, would request some custom silicone. It was not exactly the same chip. And yeah. there never was a whole lot of discussion about what that was that was different. I suspect that part of it was to do things like this. Just this week, there was a, um, a, uh, some articles came out about um, uh, Apple has this additional communications channel in their chips. I don't know if you read any of those or saw those. And, I um, did. Yeah, and they said, you know, this covert channel in Apple's M1 chip is mostly harmless, but it is interesting. And so, you know, from if you don't know why it's there, you would think, oh, you know, that could be a flaw in the chip. I suspect it's not a flaw. I suspect it's it's got a purpose for being there. Apple just hasn't told people what it is yet, and they may never tell people what it is because they really don't want to, you know. In fact, they're probably looking at it going, dang, I wish it wasn't leaked out quite this quick. I mean, we knew it would get out eventually, but we were, <laughs> you know, the chip's yeah. been out six months, and, and uh, somebody's already found it. But, but, you know, they might be using that as, you know, a, a, a separate communication channel for doing checksums to verify validity of code and things like that, 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 that mm -hmm. you know, that other chips don't do, but Apple's going to do it because they're very concerned about security, right? So, yep. Um, but I, you know, this is yeah. just one thing. They found this one communications channel. They, it's they hard didn't, to tell. Yeah, they, you know, they didn't... It, uh, it's... it's, it's it just struck me as really curious, you know, having worked in security when I was in the military. Uh, the one thing you don't do is really is to is to admit or uh, confirm your flaws or your uh, weaknesses or anything like that, you know. Sure. And and to hear a, a top level executive basically say we got we got lots of problems <laughs> yeah you know? well i think that that's you know that's why i mean i honestly i i don't think that's uh 
I didn't read the article, so I don't know specifically how he worded that. But my, I have heard them say things to that effect previously, which is why they have really emphasized iOS and pushed iOS as the future because they've locked it down more. Uh, it's hard to go back and do something a la Windows, where you keep putting patch on top of patch on top of patch, you know, and in order to maintain that that um, compatibility with you know things that had been written two decades ago. And so at some well, point, you know, you just you cut and run. And I think that's kind of where they are is like, well, you know, we've. Uh, I, I think they look at the Windows world and say, uh, we have another big mountain to to, uh, to grab lots of customers out there that yeah. we want. And uh, the way to get them is by letting them know that all these problems they've had over the years are oh, not sure. patchable. you got to start over. You know, yeah. you, you, you've run out of options. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Can, yeah it's I like can, you, you, you can just. Yeah, can the, just the hardware the security issues are, are uh, have to do with the chips, and Intel can't change that in their chips because then you give up. What the heck is that that keeps beeping? Do you hear that? No, I don't hear it. Oh, oh okay. I do, see, I, have, I do have something. A little tag came down on my. Uh, Phone, yeah, you know, I don't know what it was now. Okay, I've gotten this, another, this, okay. this beep, 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 beep a couple different times now. Oh, well, so well, um, somebody may be trying to get send me something. I don't know. Yeah, so, I, guess, I guess I can pull it down from the top and see what it is. Yeah, well, no biggie. Oh, um, oh, that it, it, it is. It's a, it's a notifier from Noah. Okay. So, so that's yeah, and it beeps. Yep. So it was, um, you know, the 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 idea that they're going to use that as a, you know, strategically as a marketing tool against um, Intel-based machines is not surprising. Um, and I think you're right. I think they look at the, the world of computers and say, well, we've been sitting at about 11% for a long time. Um, there's no reason we can't go, you know, grab some of that market that's currently PC yeah. market. Let's leverage how much everybody likes the phones and and uh, and go after that. Let's show people why what we're doing is better. And so, um, you know, that fits right in with their, excuse me, their corporate story. Yeah. Yeah. My, my uh, guess is that there will be, they possibly will go to the government to make a lot of the first sales, particularly military-related markets, and mm. say, uh, you know, we can in, ensure your security in a way nobody else can. Yeah. You know? And uh, and start that way. They'll take a niche or a certain niches at a time before they really go after the big commercial guys because first yeah. they want to establish their creds, you know, with the government and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I can see them say, you know, for for mission critical type of of work too, um, you know, yeah. look look to us, and so they'll they'll go to corporations and say, you know, if you if you have you know grave concerns, here's here's one way to close. You know, here's a door you can close. Of course, what they, mm -hmm. you know, I think that uh, historically, what most of the uh, issues have been, whether it be. Uh, military or or corporate, most of your leaks are uh, human issues, not technical issues. Yes, there are technical issues out there, but uh, 
Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. It's but it's either human mistakes or hum, or human ill will that that causes most of your most of your security breaches. So, but that's a different issue that you know Apple's not approaching. They're they're just saying, look, here's some known problems with the the very hardware that your computers are running on, and here's a solution. Yeah, right. That's the way they're committed. Yeah, which makes sense. Makes a lot yeah. of sense. Yeah. Now, uh, the other thing I I had sent you uh, two. Uh, uh, opposing, countering blip, burb, uh, articles that deal with Bitcoin. And I, and, I, and I thought it was interesting. It says somebody was speculating that Apple might be, even be interested in doing some kind of a, a crypto push, as they call it, because the Bitcoin is kind of a crypto type of mm-hmm. uh, algorithm. At least they like to associate it with terms like that to make people think it's more secure, you know. Yeah. And, that, and that, well, that's it's, all it's, it's needed. Yeah, because security. it's yeah, because it's it's based on basically a public index. Everybody can see every transaction that's made as it's copied out across yeah. the the world. Yeah, and, and and the other article is says Bitcoin sell today and do not look back. Well you see, mm-hmm. I was always in the camp, don't even touch it, not the ten foot pole, yeah. because there's nothing behind it. It's a total fiat currency. Oh yeah. And, well, the know. sad thing is, is that in a large sense, most of our currencies are. I mean, you know, we have the full faith and and you know of the government behind uh, the dollar, but the dollar is worth a dollar because we all agree that it's worth a dollar. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, and right. that varies from right. from day to day. You know, what can you buy with that dollar? Well, you know, go to your gas tank. You know, all it took was was uh, some some hackers breaking <laughs> into his com- computers that drove a pipeline to change that. You know. Yeah, so. at least for part of it. Yeah. But, yeah, every, everything depends on a certain amount of faith in the system you're using, right? Yep. So, anyway, uh, that I, I this thing about Apple getting involved in that, it was pure speculation. I, I, can't, I can't imagine Apple even thinking that that makes any sense at all. They're, they're not like Elon Musk. Musk is a bit of a uh, uh, hot dogger, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe more like Steve Jobs, but but Steve, I thought, also had a more level head than, than Musk. Yeah, now, I, Steve. Where Steve, I think, is very different than than Musk is, uh, and and all obviously Musk has some of this too. But Steve would would like set a direction and then go like a bulldog in that direction. Um, you know, yeah. and, and he would stay with it over a longer period of time. I think, uh, Musk tends to, uh, to jump around a little bit more. Although in this day and age, you know, during Steve jobs time, there wasn't Twitter, there wasn't Facebook, there wasn't, you know, things weren't. That's right. And so, you know, I mean, granted it, it wasn't that long ago, but it was, it was a little bit different world. And so who knows whether he would have started you know, tweeting more. I suspect not because he always, he was never, he was a great on stage, but he wasn't really a public figure. You know what I mean? Whereas Elon yeah. Musk wants to be a public figure. Yeah. Yeah. He likes the spotlight. Right. Yeah. Whereas Steve Jobs, I mean, you know, even, even things like, uh, you know, giving to charity. Jobs gave away millions to charity. He never talked about it. 
never talked right. about it. You know, he didn't. In fact, he didn't talk about it very much publicly. When he did talk publicly, it was always, you know, on a stage about his company and about their products. That's what he did publicly. You know, people right. talk about him being, um, you know, this larger than life personality, but it was always in 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 um, the effort of moving his company forward, doing his company things. He didn't tend to to uh, especially as he got older. When he was younger, he did a little bit of that, you know, a little bit of showboating just yeah. to be showboating. But as he got older yeah. and, and when he came back to Apple, he was focused on making Apple. And, uh, oh, yeah. you know, and, you know, not that Elon Musk isn't, but he clearly has come out and, you know, said things just for the sake of talking and done, you know, things that even have had the, you know, the Federal Trade Commission get on him because he's, you know, jammering on about his business that, you know, could be considered irresponsible, right? So. <laughs> yeah. So. <clears throat> anyway, uh, another thing that I, I, I'm a technology nut, so it always gets my attention when somebody's got some new brighter idea on how to mm-hmm. do something that's, that, that I, I like new ideas, but especially when they go right at a target, and that's the one on the batteries. Uh, some uh, pe- people really think that they have a solution to this lithium-ion to replacing the lithium-ion oh, battery. Oh, yeah. Which you heard about the al- aluminum-ion? To... Yeah. So it's it's always going to have a range issue with what we've got, you know, somewhat. Mm-hmm. So what we there's a lot of techno- technology stuff going on out there, mm-hmm. and at least these guys at this point are brave enough to... Uh, break the news uh, to kind of say, hey, we, we, we really think we've got a solution. That doesn't mean that's, that they're there. Right. They got to, until you're in production, you, you're not there, you know? <laughs> right. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, and a lot of this, surprisingly, is, is chemistry. <laughs> so it's like, you know. Oh, yeah. You think about technology. We, we tend to think about technology as computers and electronics. But, you know, in this particular instance, this technology is mostly chemical uh, or electrochemical. And them looking at different um, properties of different metals that, and, and, and how they could be used to create batteries and what what are the um, uh, what are the then properties that those batteries would have based on this new new chemical compound right and so right. the the right. potential is right that and this is you know big for people who do cars and anything that uses batteries is that it is something that can be charged faster um, and hold as long or longer than the current batteries, right? So um, they don't discharge. Right. And you never want to go backwards and go to the batteries that, you know, remember we had, um, uh, what was it, uh, NICAD batteries that had memories in them, right? Or was it nickel metal hydride that had the memory in it? So if you, if when you charged, if you charged it 80% one time and then you pulled it off the charger because you needed to go, the next time you charged it, it could only charge up to 80%. You set a new ceiling, and it's like suddenly your battery is right. 20, 20% weaker than it was before just because one time you didn't let it fully charge. And the only way to reset that was to, like, drain it all the way down, then charge it all the way up, and drain it all the way down, and charge it all the way up again. And then you would have it sort of reset yeah. to most of what it was originally. Um, yeah. but, you know, that, that was a, a terrible feature of that particular technology. Um, well, and well, yet it was of, uh, dominant for a couple of years. 
there, there are a lot of characteristics that go together to make a, a real product. Mm -hmm. And uh, live, lifetime is another important one because that's, that, that's how much it costs you when you got to replace it, you know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, all, all of the, the characterization data for any given technology uh, can't have any big holes in the tent, you know. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's, got, it's got to support all, all the key parameters to some reasonable degree. And uh, that—that's the real problem with with our current technology is that it, it has just one terrible flaw. And uh, I mean, it's—it's it's not the only thing that that can go wrong with uh, that's it's difficult with the electric vehicles. Another one is is that they're never going to be a, a big seller in the cold climates. Right. Uh, and therefore, they're never really going to be. be uh, good in the trucking industry they have to go into all climates you know yeah so everybody was kind of saying you know big big electric trucks well going on that they're going to run diesels whether they're environmentally sound or not because they've got to yeah. they can't depend they can't depend on something that fails because it's cold you know well but you know you what what you do is you just design to use a certain amount of the energy in the battery and run heating coils amongst the batteries to keep them warm keep them temperature controlled right and yeah. so uh, that just, you know, cuts down on your range a little bit. But, you know, so you if it cuts down on your range 20%, then you make a 20% larger battery pack. You're in a big truck, so space is generally not a problem for batteries. So, I mean, there's ways around that stuff. Um, and like you said, there, I mean, it's the current technology has issues with temperature. It doesn't mean that maybe, you know, a different chemical compound won't. You know, That's just right. That's right. But it, it's finding that combination of things to overcome right. these big problems so that they can even get started in certain industries. You know, mm -hmm. you, when, when you're talking about buying a big truck, it's a big investment. you got to know oh, sure. what your limitations are on any new technology. And currently, it's kind of prohibited. Uh, I read articles by the over-enthusiastic green crowd. They, they just... There was one the other day. It was making fun of diesels, how their their history. Forget that. You're not not going to make diesel trucks anymore. Boy, did they get raked over the coals in the comments. This is yeah. boy, what fools this guy is, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just, it's like, hey, maybe you should it. actually research what we do a little bit before you go out and uh, <laughs> try to tell us that you know we're you've got a better way. Right. So uh, there's there's too many uh, that uh, accept new technology without really understanding the, uh, the that certain of its limitations just make it prohibitive for for use in various environments and, mm -hmm. and or whatever you know it's just it's the whole package that matters and uh, so anyway I I'm, I'm interested in uh, seeing aluminum ion discuss some some more places and see if it's real you know yeah uh, so Anyway, uh, uh, that that's a big, big issue right now in a in a very uh, important marketplace that's on the rise, and it certainly is, is has a lot of merit, uh, but yeah. it's still got a ways to go. Still got a ways to go. So. Yeah, the idea is is very interesting. It is not necessarily. Um, uh, yeah, a real product, like you said, yet. I mean, they're talking about it. Well, I should not necessarily. It clearly is not yet a real product. 
um, and which which just tells you that there's things to be worked out. Yeah, well, back when I was in the industry and followed technology, it, the, sort of the typical timeline associated with something like this was based on what I read in this one article, just one article. I would say it, it I would put it at the 10-year timeline. So it's still out a long ways. And yeah. that's because there's there's also other gotchas that come along in the development process that they have to overcome. And uh, uh, but nevertheless, uh, it's one of probably other a number of candidates that are trying to work the very same problem. And sooner or later, one one of them will pop out and become the winner. You know, but uh, it just takes time. It just takes time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's clear because the, this stuff keeps coming out fairly regularly. It's clear that that there's people working on this. Yep. Um, you know, it uh, it's it, you know it's it's important enough, and there's a big enough market. There's enough <clears throat> things that run with batteries these days that uh, that yeah, it's it's um, there's a lot of people working on it, and that there will be a lot of ideas that sort of like get some attention before they're real, you know, and, and, and there are, you know, when you see these things, it's like, they'll say, Hey, this works great. We've got this working in a lab. We just have to solve this one problem and then we can go, you know, public with it. Well, that one problem may never be solved. You know, there, there may be something, you know, the one problem is all we have, you know, all we have to do to make this work is reverse gravity. You know, and as soon (laughs) as we can figure out how to reverse gravity, we got this. And it's like, uh, huh. Good luck with that one, yeah. you know. Yep, yep. Fundamental physics just is. Uh, yeah. Pretty constant. Pretty constant. It is, <laughs> you know. And yet, even things like reverse gravity, it's like, well, I mean, you, you, what do you mean by reverse gravity, right? I mean, you can you can ride in the vomit comet airplane and and essentially you to know, your to your sensibilities in, in that located in that specific sense, reverse gravity. But that doesn't mean you've actually done away with gravity right so you know you know you know there's some people what when you talk about reverse gravity what comes to mind is the recent uh uh public publication and apparent discovery by the media of uh uh what they're calling unidentified flying objects or whatever they got a new name for them now but because they can do seemingly do uh things that we can't do with our existing knowledge of physics you know if, if we haven't invented it it's not doable supposedly until you see something that makes you think that it's doable mm-hmm. and I, I think from what I've seen of a lot of that stuff is I would go back to the sensors that created that those images that you're seeing on television and saying what if anything have you done to investigate every one of those things and what spectrum are they really operating in? In other words, uh, you can embed some stuff in chips, electronics today, that will mm-hmm. create those very same things because a lot of them had a very geometric look to them. Mm-hmm. They, did, they didn't look like a real kind of a space object, if you will. Yeah. I, I, I think they're seeing an illusion uh, that's... They, they haven't understood at all just how that was created. That's the place to start. Well, right? and that's the whole point of it being unidentified. But what they're saying is is that in, in a lot of cases, 
there have been pilots who have seen these things with their eyes, and then they also have it recorded. So it's like it's one thing to say, okay, there is some weird artifact that we're seeing because of the way it's being recorded. Another one, when you're seeing it with your eyes, there's no electronics or chips in between you and, and what you're seeing. It's just your eyeballs. And and so, you know, UAP, by the way, is the word that the military uses as unidentified aerial phenomena. But, yeah. uh, uh, it's, you know, UFO, UAP, same same diff, right? Yeah. Um, well, the... The uh, the eyeballs can be fooled too. Just oh yeah, ask absolutely. Any ask any ask any magician. <laughs> ask any magician. They make their living at fooling people. Uh, you know, getting people yeah. to look at things. So you know, your eyes are not the most trustworthy source of what's happening. Well, um, and the, it's what and we the, got. And, <laughs> but and, and and to try to put the big put the big picture on this is that anything that you identify, if it's a single single spectral. Thing or a limited spectral uh, phenomena, mm-hmm. then you really don't have very much evidence. Uh, if you really want to know something's happened, you want to hear hear it, see it, uh, and detect it right. with, with other kinds of measures. In other words, in that total spectrum of frequencies, yeah, uh, how much of that in uh, yeah. Are it's they picking it up weird. on radar while the guy is seeing it visually and they have a recording of it, you know, so that there's so that it's, you know, multiple sources of 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 measurement. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of it also it. F- can can be uh, categorized. There's another wonderful um, acronym here I like, which is completely ridiculous alien piffle, which is crap. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and having worked in the in the field of the. De- detection and measurement and all of that kind of thing yeah. i have seen all kinds of ghost-like phenomena shall we say sure that isn't that is until we found out what caused it and then you said oh crap look at that yeah yeah it's, well it's pretty amazing sometimes you, what, it, it, what you see exactly yeah no it's it's you know if you if you listen to the people who really study this stuff and don't do it and, and do it with a serious mind not you know looking to find an alien you know, 90 to 95% of the stuff can be explained. You know, there's the, the, the always popular weather balloons, but there's, you know, flares being shot off by people on the ground, sky lanterns, people with lasers on the ground now. Um, you know, uh, they're, you know, birds reflecting in the sun. There's, there's blimps and helicopters. Yep. There's planets, uh, ball lightning, ice crystals in the sky. I mean, satellites sometimes can reflect off of, of clouds. Uh, you know, if the sun hits a satellite and then it hits the and then it and then it reflects yep. down on a cloud below all kinds of weird things that that, you know, light can be bouncing around and create the illusion of things happening that that, you know, if you start looking at it, you go like, oh, OK, it took a little while for us to figure it out. But that's what it is. And occasionally, you know, the, the military is testing a, a, a new aircraft that they're not talking about, you know, and yep. and sometimes those aircraft behave and can fly in ways that that regular airplanes can't and in fact these days there's more and more things being done with drones that they will absolutely be able to do things that you know an aircraft with a pilot in it can't do but the air you know the military is not going to announce that they're not going to say oh yeah. yeah yeah we're testing a brand new thing that does something that no other airplane can do because you know we that's kind of the point of of doing it secretly is not to tell people about it so. yeah yeah, it's, uh, it's important that you know what's going on. And in fact, uh, this brings me to another topic, and it touches on the political, but we're going to ignore the political side of it. The fact that uh, 
prior to the 2020 election, there was a 2018 election. And I found a whole deposit of Democrats complaining of all the fraudulent activity. And lo and behold, it, it sounded and looked like and typified everything the Trump people were saying in 2020. So it's the, and because they are aware as much as anybody of, of uh, problems with our voting system. And in fact, now that I have seen the data that, that the Democrats dug up in 2018, and, it, and they said it goes back to 2008, uh, I am totally opposed to Dominion and a half a dozen other companies named in the Democrat investigation of machines used to tabulate votes from the yeah. ballots. Because those tabulation machines do, in fact, contain phone modems, external connections that could allow you to download software and change the software and do anything you want to. Yeah. And the company won't let anybody tear into those machines. That's what they're complaining about and trying to win lawsuits over. But they won't if they don't allow somebody to go in and, and as I forgot the word that the Republicans were using down in Arizona, but uh, basically do real police detective work on the circuits and know mm -hmm. exactly what's possible. Uh, you're never going to resolve it with those companies. They just have to be banned. You yeah. can't use their crap. Yeah, they're saying and, it's proprietary and we don't want you in there knowing how we do this. And you're like, so but, you have, but, but we're basing our entire government on how you do this. So by God, you're going to show us or, or we, we just won't use you. That's right. Yeah. And, and, ever, and, and you can't break yourself into political camps in this thing because now there's evidence online of both sides knowing that there's bad things going on. But nobody seems to care and want to do anything about it. But, oh, well, they only half want to care at any given time because you only care when your side just lost. That's the problem. That's is that right. people are so self-centered that, that that our political leaders only care so, when they lose. When they yeah, win, they're right. like, yay, everything was perfect. No, 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 don't look behind the curtain. And, and, and then the winners always want to be very self-righteous about it. Right. <laughs> and it's like, so okay. It's, so anyway, that's to me, that's just all uh, our, our elections have been fraudulent for some time and are just going to get worse. Okay. I disagree uh, with that. I think you made a way overstatement. Our elections have had the possibility of having some irregularities. Saying that our elections have been fraudulent implies that they're all wrong everywhere and that they have been hacked and we don't have evidence. We, we have enough evidence to say that it's probable. We have enough evidence to say it's that it's possible. Probable. And if it's possible, then in this world, it's, it's likely. Um, but again, yeah. that would be in a limited elections in limited areas. Because not everybody uses those machines, not everything, you know, maybe because because we don't have a, a federal election uh, rules that are that are, you know, it's done by states. And then the states basically default down to the registrar of voters for each different county. So it's basically handled at the county level in our country. Um, the number of machines and the kinds of machines that are used are different all over the place. And so it's impossible to come in and say, hey, we've got this one hack that'll take over the entire election. Well, because they can't. Well, well, well they're, they're, here's here's the deal. The reasons you have a few different companies is because of that independence. But there's only only four or five or six of them that have been identified, as far as I know, right now. And one of the big one was the Dominion. And and by the way, that's used quite extensively throughout the country. 
So it's a lot wider than you and I think because it's been done by local election boards. And some of those now, it appears to me, have been in cahoots with these companies. Hey, you can do this for me? You know, that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I, I tend to think that there's just a, a damn mess and we're back to paper counting and none of these other things allowed in the room. As, as difficult as it is, it's important enough that you can't have it. You just can't have it. It's too easy, and it, and it can flip large numbers of votes. That's the real problem. Electronically, you can do things in a hurry that you can't do by hand ballot counting. So I, I, I'm opposed to any kind of automation allowed there at all. Mm -hmm. Don't even bring your cell phones in because guys are going to figure out how to use those somehow, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I did a quick look and and saw ten different companies that sell voting machines in the United States. Um, yeah, you know, so it's not like it's one company. Um, I I I tend to think that our our diversification makes it less of an issue than I'm not saying it's one that we shouldn't be addressing. We absolutely should be addressing, but but it's it's less of an issue than people think. Um, the, 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 in terms of of corruption that has occurred. I don't know that corruption has occurred, um, and I have not seen any evidence to that fact, uh, at least not on a large scale. That said, if you've got a machine out there, anybody who's ever talked to anybody or, or read anything about you know the hacker groups and people even out there just doing it for fun, there's kids out there who are doing it. If you've got uh, you know online connections built into your machines, then you've designed them badly. You know? And if, if you did it because you thought, oh, we can do it protectively and safely and we'll uh, and that way, then, you know, people could just, you know, hit a button and all of the data will dump into your into your registrar of voters and make it easier on your registrar. Excuse me. Then those registrar of voters, people um, need to think twice, because the problem is, is the people making the choices, buying these things are people who are running, uh, you know, usually elected officials to be registrar of voters. They're not right. IT people who understand the technology. Um, and so, you know, they're looking at what's easier for them to do their job, not necessarily thinking in terms of security. And quite frankly, as we found repeatedly, repeatedly, um, there are uh, companies that sell things like this. I mean, the company themselves, you know, we want to pick on on uh, on uh, Dominion or, or, you know, one of the other, you know, pilot, you know, there's uh, election systems and software, Inc., um, you know, th there's, you know, another company the, most of these companies, if they're typical at all, have given little to no thought on security. I mean, I'm not sure if you were aware of it. You know, we were talking about the, the pipeline that shut down gas flowing to virtually the entire East Coast uh, a couple weeks ago. And they ended up paying yeah. the five million dollar ransom in order to turn their system back on. You know what they did the following week? They posted a job opening for an IT security specialist because they didn't have one. <laughs> yep. Were you aware of that? No, I wasn't. I don't think it got covered enough. That's pretty darn funny. <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, if it wasn't well, so sad, you know, how yeah. does a company that has that many computers and it is a critical infrastructure not even have a person who's responsible for, you know, the security of that system to make sure that it's, it's not just a wide open door for anybody to walk through and steal. No wonder they got they got ripped off. You know, that's like yeah. putting a sign up saying, "Hey, 
Come over here. We're stupid. Yep. You know, and what's to say that, you know, the people who who make voting machines haven't done the exact same thing. You know, Apple's one of the few companies. Apple's one of the few companies who is who has, you know, made it a mantra that, hey, we're going to focus on creating systems that are secure. Now, are they perfectly secure? No. But that's a focus. And and almost nobody else has ever done that. They've always said, what's the cheapest way to get it done? They've always looked at IT as, you know, it's it's I mean, honestly, I think most most management people and ha- I've worked at pretty high levels in corporations as as their IT person. And most of the time you're considered a necessary evil. It's like, I don't understand how all this stuff works. So you just get it done and get it done quickly and cheaply. And that way it's not a problem for me. And that's how most management people think of their IT department. You know, it's like we spend an awful lot of money over there and what do we get for it? You know, I could just go buy a computer off the shelf and it works fine. So why am I paying you? Well, now, you know, (laughs) you know, and there's, you know, there's a lot more complexity when you start attaching all those computers together and making them all work in, in, in harmony and make sure that that entire connection that, you know, isn't, an open door to anybody who wants to come and steal stuff from your computers. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I can I can tell you that it's an architectural problem. Absolutely, as much as anything. Yep. And and that's where the security has to come from. Yeah, it's, it's you know, I thought about it. The entire system. <laughs> I thought about it. It's like you know when they when I read about the fact that uh, that uh, they posted the job for a security guy for the for the uh, the the gas pipeline. It's like, well, you know, if I had gotten that job, my first thing would be to go down and with a pair of wire snips and I'd be cutting off the every computer connected from the Internet on the system and saying, you want information off this computer, call somebody or you drive to that computer and get it until we can figure out a way to do this more more safely. They're not going to be connected to the Internet anymore. And so you won't be able to just call up all your information about how things are going. You know, right now you'll have to call somebody You'll have to pick up a phone because. You know, th- that computer is well, not going to be connected well, to the Internet anymore, because if it is, you may not have gas flowing. You, you see, it's not just the Internet that uh, is the problem. Uh, I can I can do security over the Internet. We have uh, crypto stations in the military that communicate. Oh, okay? absolutely. But the whole architect, the whole architecture of that system is such that if you're going to crack it, you don't have any time to do it. I mean, it's, the, it's a time issue. Okay, and I can verify votes just as well, mm-hmm. as long as they're all verified that they're in the final bucket of vote, votes while the voter's still there, standing there right in front of the person. They're transmitted, re, re, returned, and compared uh, in the encryption system, so that and they never go online again. Uh, you have an architecture now that time overcomes the vulnerability of the many vulnerabilities in the system. Because if any intervention has to be instantaneous, you know. Yeah, no, and, I understand. So I understand what you're saying. You, I don't think that the, that you, that what so you're saying. It's the yeah. architecture that you build to to do these things that has to be the total system has to be taken into account, and and we 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 built effective crypto systems. We've no, I'm it and and they're still very effective. Right. And I'm not saying that there aren't effective ways to do it, but I'm saying the first step is is disconnect what's there now. 
disconnect it because then you've, oh, you, yeah. you've, you've stopped any options of getting into it. Now start thinking about how you're going to re-architect that. But step one is if you've yeah. got a system that's open to the world, cut off the world very quickly. Do that. Literally snip the wires yeah. if you have to, you know, or unplug the modems or whatever it is you've got to do. But you, you disconnect them. You know, because too often I think these things were designed and pitched to the people who are buying them is, oh, yeah, yeah, you can have all these remote things. And then all you have to do is go in and, you know, dial it, you know, hit this button and it'll suck all that information in so you don't have to go out and collect it. You know, it was an ease of use thing. And everybody went, oh, that's wonderful. I'll do that. And nobody thought about how they're actually doing it. Or, in fact, it was sold to lots of people out there who who really intended to cheat. I mean, let's face it. There's people who want to win at all costs. There really are people out there that do that. Oh, I suspect that there are people who thought of that. But my, my guess is is that when you're selling it to, uh, oh, I mean, yeah. maybe you have a lower, well, first of all, I think you have a higher under, expectation of people's understanding. I suspect that when they're selling it to your local uh, election board, that there's probably almost nobody on that election board who understands technology in any way, shape, or form. Most of those right. people are not trained in that field and, and don't have any understanding other than, you know, how to run Word and Excel. They don't understand computers at all. And so, so when somebody says, you know, instead of having to wait all night for them to bring ballots in like they used to do, now, you know, at, at when, the, when the things close, you can just have each of your, uh, your voting stations, have the person go over to the voting station, type in this code and hit a button, and it'll send the data in and you'll have it automatically – they go, that's wonderful. And, and nobody even ever thinks to ask the question, why are they connected and how are they connected and what kind of encryption is used? And, and quite frankly, you know, the guy selling it to them can pretty easily go, oh, yes, it's, it's, it's secure. And they'll go, okay, and go on their merry way. Mm-hmm. You know, there was nobody yeah. there asking the questions because most places don't have the, the, the technical understanding or, or what happens is the guy who has the technical understanding is not in the room when they make the sale. You know, he's the guy who's brought in later to fix it. That's what it is. Nobody thinks that that guy could, is, is the, you know, important to be there when you're making the decisions about how things are going to run, you know, because even if there is somebody within the city government who, who would know to ask the questions, they're not in the room, you know? And that's yep. unfortunate. It's just it's it's just a complete misuse and misunderstanding of what your experts in technology can do for you and should do for you. Yep. Yeah, which well, is anyway. which is an ongoing frustration of mine. And, and I guess you deserve what you get. If you've got a specialist and you choose not to use them or listen to them, then you deserve to get screwed over. That's on you. Yeah. You know, and that's not just in technology areas. There's other areas, too. You know, where you where yeah. you, you I can think of lots of situations where you might have an expert and that they, they, you probably don't call that person into the room because, oh, this decision is going to be made at a, a level above that guy. I'm like, well, it shouldn't be. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, somehow I, I don't know how we're going to deal with this by the next election or the election after that, because there's nobody uh, that has any. uh, uh scanning the game to assure that the whole system is designed and you know there's no nobody doing this right and seems like an and, opportunity for somebody to, to step in and say we've got a you know a a securely architected system and you should buy ours instead of these other guys you know somebody to compete with you know 
Dominion and and and, and of course I'm sure if you talk to the people at Dominion uh, and I keep using their name because it's the one that keeps coming up but like I said there's there's right. you know, a dozen other ones out there um, yeah it, it, uh, you know one of them is called Election Systems and Software uh, they'll all tell you oh yeah we've done all that but of course you know if if they're you're not willing fight, to they're, they're fighting for their reputation, and they want to continue to make money, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, nobody, nobody wants to lose their business. Almost sounds like somebody needs to um, to uh, create a consulting company around an open source system, right? So that way everybody sees exactly how it is. If it's open source, you can see how it works, um, and then you architect it so that there's nothing you can do about it. But at least it's, it's you know, you can't can't get into it. But but then everybody yeah. knows. It's then it's clear what's happening. I, There's no magic behind the curtain. I I, I would say it, 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 it most definitely should be based on the uh, government approved thing for the highest level of, of classified transmission. Yeah, I, I don't mean, know. We, those these systems exist. They exist. Right oh, now. absolutely. They're communication systems. And, yeah. and 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 if it doesn't doesn't meet those standards, you know. Yeah. And. and and they're verified that way, which means now, by the way, just like uh, the handling and the physical uh, touching of any of those devices is strictly controlled, physical yep. control. That means for whenever, you know, all the time that they're not used before and after elections, mm-hmm. there's only uh, multiple people. You, you can't have one man ever in charge of it. Otherwise, you got to throw it in the trash. I mean, yeah. we're talking about thousands of dollars here. So you got to have it properly, physically secured uh, at every location. Yeah. So, you know, well, the right, problem right is, right is that then can... that then limits the locations, and then you start having this issue where you know you, you can only go to a few places to vote, and then there's long lines, and then and then yeah. you know you're, you're cutting people out of their opportunity to vote, uh, especially yeah. because in our country, which is another issue that I've always had, is you know it's not a holiday, it's not a federal holiday to to vote. I think yeah. it should be. I mean, you know, if you work at a nine to five job, you got to get in there. You know, uh, what if you start work before the polls open? So then you've got to work all day. Then you've got to get off work and get to the place. And then you've got to stand in line to get in, um, you know, and hopefully yeah. you can get there. You know, it's, there, it's just it's all, dumb. The, yeah, if, if voting was that important to us, we would take care of these issues and we would make it a holiday so people can absolutely go vote. There, there are all of those issues, but, uh, you know, just, just counting votes is just not the whole problem you got to be sure that all of the ballots are secured too you know we're from from the voter on do you trust anybody who handles your your document that's why that's why you got to come into the someplace yeah well and quite honestly i mean you know we talk about you know the technological issues there have been you know plenty of of issues going back years i mean going back to the beginning of our country where you you vote right. and all your votes go into a ballot box and then you leave you have no idea what happens to that ballot box ballot boxes right. disappear they have we found yeah. we found you know ballot boxes after elections that never got counted Crook, crooks crooks are always there they always yeah. have been there's you, all you kinds of stories about things in, in the chicago area where they've been you know where ballots from from areas that uh, don't vote the party line just don't ever make it back to the, get counted you know I mean, that's yeah. that's the, the, the thing about electronics that's that's important is that as soon as they're involved, because they save time, you know, that's the only reason that you do it. Right. It saves time. You can also 
do a lot of wrong in a hurry, in a very short period of time. And so that's why, mm -hmm. as soon as you get them involved, now it's really a widespread thing. I don't yeah. know how you can argue that it's not. I mean, you you can you can throw out twenty thousand votes in nanoseconds, well, you know. And and well, and it's e it's even the even even going back to the design of the ballot itself. I mean, there have been issues because everybody gets to design their own ballot. There have been issues where ballots have been designed such that you know you 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 look at on the right and then by the time you go across to the left you're, you're on a different guy and people have voted for the wrong person many times you know and that's been called right. up and said well wait a minute now we've got a whole section in this county here where clearly a lot of people voted wrong because the dumb ballot was designed badly um it's just yeah. you know there are so many issues with this that it's 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 not just a single technological issue i mean that's a, just one more thing to heap on to you know voting is is a very haphazard uh, thing that we clearly talk about as if we cared about it, but we don't take any action as a country to to make sure that we really do care about it. And uh, you know, and the, and the few actions that we take, uh, both sides look at it in terms of, well, is this going to help me or hurt me, as opposed to, is this the right thing to do? Right. There's there's almost nobody wants to say, is this the right thing to do? Period. That's right. That, you know. That's why I say if if you're going to go down any of these paths. I mean, you need to solve, a, let's say, a dozen this different unrelated problems. Uh, and uh, they all need uh, uh, some verifi verification that we can all trust and, and agree that this, this is good validation. That's validation is the word I want. Mm. That they validly do what, what you've stipulated. Right. You know, or verifiably, whatever. So, uh, I wanted to bring it up here on the show just because it, it's a technology issue, even if, if you're not talking about the, the equipment uh, side of it. If, if, if you just do the ballot counting itself, it's a technology issue from the stand of, as you said, mm -hmm. how the ballots are designed, uh, how do you collect them, how do you assure that uh, somebody else uh, mm -hmm. has no uh, ability to uh, change your vote or to discard it. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, and the whole idea of like the, you know, punch cards. We'll just do it with punch cards. Oh, wait a minute. Hanging chads. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, the greatest ideas. And, 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 you know, we end up experimenting on our population in the middle of the election. And again, the only people who seem to care are the ones who lose each time. And so you can never, you know, never get more than 50 percent of the population upset about this, which is. And That's of right. course, of that 50 percent that, that would care. You know, you, you, you maybe have 10 percent of that actually activist and actively going out and saying something needs to be done. Um, yeah. It's it's uh, you know, it is a problem. And it's it's one of those things where, you know, when you're the one complaining about it, the guys who just won the election because you lost the ones that just won the election are saying, oh, it's just bitter grapes, you know. Until yeah. they lose the election yeah. next time, and then they're doing the exact same thing, and then you flip flop and go, no, 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 they're just being, you know, sour, sour grapes, um, yeah. you know. And uh, I don't know what the problem is because that's I mean, I'm not sure what the solution is in that sense because what we're talking about is you know social behavior and and tribalism, right? The well, one well, one side well, says well, the other side's crazy, the other side says the other side cheated, you know, and it's like, well. That's, that's a, a big part of it. A big part of it is politicization of the news media. You know, the, 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 there is not a segment of our society, but most importantly, the the media that 
can uh, have some impact and sway are are angry because they don't have the sway they used to have. You know, but the internet it's diffused. They're they're hating the fact that uh, we have social media and we can talk citizen to citizen these days and not have to. And in the mean, and while we're doing that, we're calling these uh, big groups of people that are big media. Let's see, let's call them that. Uh, fools and and uh, dunderheads for the way they, you know, disagree with me. I mean, that's really what it's all about. You know. I don't think anybody's called anybody a dunderhead since 1920. <laughs> well, that's probably a a truth. <laughs> it's just the terminology, right? Yeah. No, you know, I mean, I think the 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 railing against social media isn't just our traditional news media's um, concerned about them being replaced. I think there's a lot more going on there than 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 just that. But um, but yeah, the 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 problem, you know, in my mind is, is that all of all of our traditional media has existed in the past because they were funded by entertainment corporations and so when we started going to online streaming and and we went away from you know three or four networks we used to have you know abc nbc cbs and then along came fox when we started diversifying away from those four particular entertainment networks their revenue stream went down and so they went to their news media and said we can't continue to have news media unless you guys make some money which means that you now have to be responsible for bringing eyeballs in to watch your shows so that we can sell ads on them. And not that they didn't sell ads right. before, but now it's now before they could say, you don't have to really make money. You can, you know, we're going to do you as a public service. We make money because people watch all of the other shows that we put on. Now they're not making money there. And so now the news media has to pay for themselves. And so how do they do that? They do it by being alarmists. They do it by having ridiculous teasers at every commercial and at, you know every headline is an emergency or an amazing yeah. or a wonderful or, you know it's it's no longer hey this is what happened today it's now can you believe the insanity you know they have to it's it's like watching wrestling instead of watching you know uh, a boxing match <laughs> everything is gone to to hyper marketing yeah haven't you noticed when the show starts it says breaking news right right breaking it's breaking news, news. How can they have breaking news four times a day? You know, it's like there isn't that much going on that I care about. But you're going to make me care about it because you keep punching me in the face with it. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's 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 like when you turn on your evening news and the lead story is something to do with a Kardashian, you're going, that's not news. Why do I care at all? That's garbage. I don't care about this person in the least. You know, nothing yep. they've done ever in their entire life is interesting to me in any way, shape, or form, or will affect anything that I have to do today. Why is that even on my news show? It's because yeah. they said something outrageous I, that'll get people to watch them and go, "Ooh, ah." Just, just the whole notion of celebrity is a big turnoff if you think about it. The media needs celebrities, and the celebrities need the media. So therefore, it's a self. Uh, yeah. Well, a, and. And what they found is that people have a need, or, or some, some, somehow people have a want to, to, to aspire to something, right? So what they do is they create these these personalities that people want to aspire to, and so they're interested in what those they they live through them, you know, uh, by watching what they do, they get to see what it would be like if they were you know rich and famous, 
And so there's an interest in that, and there's a whole segment of the population that just enjoys doing that. It's fantasy for them. But how that became yeah. part of the news is just baffling to me. You know, other than clearly it's it's dollars and cents. The news said, oh, we yep, found that we get more watchers when we talk about this crap, so let's talk about this crap so that we can get more watchers so we can sell more ads so that we don't run out of a job because that's what the alternative is. Yeah. That's that's how sports got there too, you know. Just something else to watch. Yeah. Somebody who doesn't doesn't care about celebrities, uh, they'll create them in the sports world. Oh sure, sure. I mean that's that's you know? why ESPN and Sports Illustrated existed, you know. And 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 we say it's it's not really new. I mean everything, all of these things have existed before, in in their own media, whether it was you know magazines or whatever. And now magazines are gone, but but it's are mostly gone. But it's, you know, the People magazine, the Us magazine, you know, now it's TMZ on television. It's the same thing. What has happened is, is that the the news media is no longer carried by the networks the way they used to be. Now the news media has to, who, to, to pay its own way. And so by paying its own way, it now has to say, well, we can't just do stories that we think are news worthy. We have to do stories that we think will get eyeballs. And so their whole justification for how they decide what goes on the news has changed and and that has led us down the to to where, right where we are i mean it just it gets us there you know yeah yeah but but today you know you you can just get tired of the stuff that it's free it's online and there's yeah. a lot but there's a lot to choose from but yeah. even that is really tiring after a while you know yeah finally i, I just i just decide that apple news you know, I, I don't, it, it just keeps throwing it in my face, but you, it comes with your devices. Right. You, know? you can't, can't get rid of it. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it, it you, you can choose to look at it or not, I guess. Uh, you know, you, if, if for those who want to stay informed on things, you have to now be very careful about how you get informed and you have to be very um, uh, specific and, and, and thoughtful in, in trying to get your information from multiple sources because it's slanted in lots of ways. And so you have to go find, you know, um, more than one source and you have to actively find sources that you maybe disagree with, but you want to hear what they're saying because between the two, you maybe will find some commonality and find out, you know, a little bit more about what (laughs) truthfully is happening. You know, if, if the very liberal station and the very conservative station or news source both say three words in common. Well, those are probably three words you can count on as being true. Everything else is speculative. Maybe true. But, <laughs> you know. And the other thing yeah. that they do really, really well, and, and all the news sources are good at this, and, and this is just through training. They're really, really good about saying one thing. They, they'll make one factual statement, and then without skipping a beat, using the same tone, they will then give you, you know, five assumptions based on that statement. Now, all five of those assumptions are assumptions based on their perspective. Yeah. But it sounds like they just yeah. told you a whole bunch of news. And they didn't. They told you one thing and five assumptions. And it's and you, it's yeah. really hard. you got to pay real close attention to tease out all of the assumptions made from that. Uh, you know, yeah. because sometimes they'll say something and then they'll start following on. And you go, wait a minute. That's not right. That's not that's a bad assumption. But. You know, you have to be careful to do it because it's real easy to just sit there and listen and nod, especially because half the time you're sort of paying attention. You know, you're not really totally focused yeah. on the news. You're sort of, at least I don't. I sit and do other things whenever anything's on. I, I almost never just sit and watch television. 
Uh, I, right. I watch television while I have a device in front of me and I'm browsing the internet or I'm doing some other work, you know, or whatever. I, you know, planning something for another yep. uh, podcast or something like that. Hey, I want to just switch subjects a little bit. Talking about, um, you know, going back to some technology stuff. Um, I think you were the first one who told me about this, but I've since read multiple articles about a new thing that Amazon is doing called Sidewalk. And uh, I don't think there's been, talk about news coverage, I don't think there's been nearly enough news coverage about this. But by default, by default, Amazon devices, including the, uh, uh, any Alexa, Echo, or Ring, security cams, outdoor lights, motion sensors, and tile trackers will be enrolled in this mm-hmm. system. And what it will do is it will create a uh, wireless mesh network service to share small slices of your internet bandwidth with nearby neighbors who don't have connectivity and help you a- and help you to their bandwidth when you don't have a connection. So it's sharing your internet connectivity uh, without asking you. It's just going to do Killer. it. It's totally illegal, by the way I see it. Yeah, Somebody's I think that it's it's charges. if if this happens, you are technically in violation of your with your internet service provider because you're not allowed to open up and, you know, in fact, there's been people who have been uh, uh, shut down and prosecuted for uh, opening up and having a free internet access at their house, even you know, just turning it on and saying, hey, anybody who wanders by can attach the internet to my internet. Here it is, free internet. Uh, you're not allowed to do that. Yeah. You know, your deal yeah, we, with your internet service provider is is that you get to use the internet. Not... We've got to see lawsuits from AT and T and all the other internet providers out there. Uh, I would against, think so. Uh, Amazon, they they just have to have to do that. Yeah. yeah. Unless unless they're too stupid to know what's happening to them. Uh, yeah. You know. Yeah. It says the maximum bandwidth of a sidewalk bridge to a sidewalk server is eighty kilobits per second, which is about one fortieth of the bandwidth used to stream a uh, 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 video, high-def video. Today, when you share your bridge connection with Sidewalk, the total monthly data used by Sidewalk per account is capped at 500 megabytes. So it's not a lot, but they're going to allow stuff to attach. They said it's about the but, equivalent of 10 minutes of streaming video per month. Yeah. So, yeah, but, 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 but if, it, if it, could, it can affect my bill. Well, yeah. it can affect my bill if I'm if I'm metered on my internet connection. Although most uh, most home connections are not metered, um, yeah. But but it but also, it's it's basically saying I'm opening up my my secure internet that I've gone and made sure that I've locked down everything and put security passwords on my on my Wi-Fi. My secure internet is now being opened up to anybody. And there's a new yep. portal into my internet and into my house, so it's not very secure now. Most people haven't done anything to be secure at home they've done nothing so there's no pretense for security um some people have put a lot of effort into trying to make sure that their system is you know running encryption that they've they've you know they uh run uh uh, tests on their home network to make sure that there aren't any open ports uh they make an effort to make it more secure you know i understand i am in the minority in doing this but i do this you know i don't use the wi-fi router that was given to me by at&t I use my own router and manage my own network, you know, because I, I want it the way I want it. That said, uh, this shoots a hole in that, you know, and Amazon yeah. gives you a way to opt out of it. If uh, In order to install any of the Amazon devices on your network, you have to put the Amazon app on your phone, either your Android or your iOS phone. And you can go to settings in your Android app 
and turn it off. You can turn off sidewalk. And right now it says mm-hmm. sidewalk is coming June 8th if you go to that, that page, but you can still shut it off. But what I fear is that they can turn it back on. You know, uh, Facebook has done that famously on a variety of different devices where, they, you know, they shut off your app and they just relaunch the app in the background. They change their policies without telling you and turn it back on. Yeah. Every time there's an upgrade to the software, which they do, you know, a couple times a month, they push out upgrades in the background. They reset everything back to the default, meaning it's turned back on again. So, you know, now I'm going to have to spend the rest of my life going and shutting off Sidewalk. Or I'm just going to remove all the Amazon products from my house. Anything that Amazon sells that attaches to the Internet now will disappear. Yep. Because they have, the lost, they have lost my... Uh, and get this. Um, if uh, Amazon uh, bought out Eero, which is one of the more popular mesh routers, can you imagine now your router itself yep. is sharing its bandwidth with people without you asking or without asking you yeah yeah you know it's funny when i bought a i bought a mesh router for my system and i considered getting an eero because everybody said that it was the most apple like it was the best but right as i was getting ready to do it's when amazon bought it and i went nope i'm not going to do that i'm not going to own a product that is that is owned by uh a media company i want somebody who does makes electronics hardware to do it and so i immediately got they came off the list, and I ended up going with a Linksys product that was um, tested at the time as the fastest because it, it was architecturally designed with a, uh, a, sec- a separate radio in each of its devices, and that separate radio was then how all of the mesh devices connected to each other. So, it, so like, anything that I was connecting to was connecting to radio A, but when the signal was then sent from radio A to radio B to radio C, which was then connected to the hardwired internet, that was all done on a separate back channel. So it didn't, you didn't have stuff going both directions. It didn't use yeah, up bandwidth. Now, now I, I was thinking about this when, when you look, their app must have a way uh, of getting the, uh, the log on to your, to your network. Well, you have to give it to it. In order for it to attach to the network in the first place, you give it the network logon. Is that where it was when, yeah. when the... Uh... Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. In, in, to set up your Amazon Echo, your little Echo tube, or to set up your, your, uh, you know, your Eero router or anything. Well, your Eero router creates the, the, the logon. But, but yeah, that you, yeah. you in, in order to attach it to the network, anytime you put any smart device in your home, you have to then give it the password but, to get into your network. So, 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 so you change your network password, but then how many other places do you have to go fix? Well, you change your network password, and now you've, you've disconnected anything that was connected to your network before, so you have to then reattach everything, right? Which yeah, is fine, so, uh, except that you know you put your you know by reattaching it, you put it right back in the same spot. The only way to do it is to either trust that when you say I don't want to do this, that they that they will agree and and not basically screw you over, or disconnect their devices. Yeah. And I'm I I don't have a lot of trust that if I say I don't want to be part of this, that they won't change the rules and make me part of it again later. And, you know, I mean, I, I don't, I'm with you. I don't understand how, you know, Comcast and AT&T and all the other internet service providers aren't up in arms over this. Yeah, I, I, I think we'll start seeing some lawsuits or something. Somebody's yeah. just uh, 
you know, we haven't known about it too long, so I, I don't know. Yeah. How long it will take them to get their lawsuits together? But usually that's several months. Yeah. This article here says so, and Amazon well, does not charge any fees to join Sidewalk. Of course not, because they want you to be part of it. They want to connect everything so they can track everything. Apparently, they've yeah. uh, published a white paper detailing the technical underpinnings and the service terms that it says will protect privacy and security, uh, and that it, they said it's fairly comprehensive, um, and so far no one's pointed out specific flaws that undermine the encryption or other safeguards being put in place. But there's certainly, I think, uh, and I agree with this line, there's enough theoretical risks to give users pause. So, yeah, I've opted out of it, um, and I shared with you how to opt out of it, but... Uh, Holy moly! You know, yeah. I just, I, I, I lost one of my Amazon devices, so I walked around the room and said, uh, "What, what's whatever he's called, Alexa?" Yeah, said, don't say that though, I because I, anybody listening will make it go off. <laughs> say Schmatrexa, and we'll know what you're talking about. Yeah. So anyway, uh, trying to find it, you know, I figured it's got to answer if it's on. So maybe I, maybe it's sitting here somewhere and it's unplugged, and I can't. Yeah, yeah. It. Once it's unplugged, then then all who cares, right? <laughs> it's you're safe. Right. Um, but for those I, who I care, by I the way, on the on the Amazon uh, app, the Schmatrexa app, uh, if you open the app and go to settings, account settings, Amazon Sidewalk, and there's just a little switch you can turn it off, um, and you can do that now. If not, your devices will be automatically enrolled on June eighth. And at that time, it will start happening. Apparently, this is U.S. only, so uh, in other countries, this feature is not enabled. But, uh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, this, this makes me angry. It really does. Yes, you know, it does. It's like, I, you know, you've got no business getting into my stuff, and you've got no business, um, you know, sharing my Internet with anything else in any way, shape, or form, uh, without specifically asking me each time you do it. And if you're not giving me the option of doing that, then um, I don't want you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in the smart home front, we had talked a while back about um, this new initiative that Apple's part of, along with Google and a bunch of other people. Um, Amazon might be for all I know. But it's um, uh, a different uh, radio connection. It's the Thread Radios. For uh, home networking. Yeah. And the right. idea behind Thread is that it's a mesh network. So, um, you know, if any one device gets turned off or, or disconnected, that the other devices can all see each other and connect to each other so that you have a much more um, robust home networking. Because right now, very often, it's it's a uh, hub-based system, right? So everything connects back to a hub. Um and that also means that you then sometimes have dead spots or spots that are, don't have as good a connection as others. Anybody who's dealt with HomeKit, you can very often see, um, you know, no response. You'll see in red underneath your device that you're trying to control, no response. For whatever reason, it's not talking on the network. And Thread solves that problem in a big way. And uh, so I found a company that makes a Thread light bulb. So, and it doesn't require a hub. It's it 20 just, bucks. You just screw it in. 20 just bucks. Screw it in, right? Just screw it in and it starts working. The company is NanoLeaf. And you can it's get a... leave it on. Uh, uh, as long as you leave the lamp turned on, now you have a smart bulb that you can turn on and off with software. 
But the nice thing is, is it's mesh. So if you turn it off, it doesn't like disconnect anything else. It just, just it is disconnected. Um, but the uh, Nanoleaf Essentials uh, A19 is just a standard bulb, and it's twenty bucks. It is HomeKit compatible, and uh, so I bought one just to see how it works. And I've got a um, a couple other thread devices in my house, so I'm starting to, um, you know, I think that I mean it's 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 not like I'm going to rush out and buy a bunch of stuff and replace things that are that are already working, but things that I know I have some issues with in terms of like they they seem to disconnect a lot because they're just in a bad spot in the house. Um, yeah. uh, I'm trying. I'm replacing them with thread things, and they're so much more reliable. So far, I've been super super happy with the thread um, thread solutions. So uh, I've got the Nanoleaf uh, Essentials bulb, which is thread enabled, and then I have an uh, Eve Energy, which is just a smart plug. You plug it into the wall, and then plug whatever your lamp or, into the Eve Energy, and it's nice because it also tracks how much energy that device is using. So you get an idea over time about how much energy that particular device is using. But the Eve Energy also allows you to uh, it, it acts as a thread transponder, so. Uh, it it uh, just one more node out there on the thread network, and apparently in a thread network you can have two types of of devices. One of them is a uh, uh, a transponder that'll actually like perpetuate the the mesh network, and then they have some low power devices that attach to the thread network, but don't act as a node on the network. But they can pick up the signal from multiple transponders if you have them. And so, like, if you have some low-power battery things, specifically, uh, like, door sensors, Eve makes a door sensor that is thread-enabled now. Um, or um, the other one that they've got out right now, which is interesting, is a, uh, it's a uh, thing that attaches to your spigot outside, and then you can run a hose from it, and it'll automatically turn on and off the watering. Uh, and that's thread-enabled. And... Uh, and so um, I've got an instance where I am transplanting a banana tree or banana plant that I bought outside in an area where there's not a specific automatic sprinkler. So, um, but there's a hose picket not far away. So I bought like a, a 10 foot length of hose and a, and, and it's just runs over to the, to the banana plant because one of the things you got to do is make sure they stay dry. I live in a very dry climate and you've got to keep them watered, keep the ground moist. And so, uh, so I got that timer set up to automatically Todd, I, water. Todd, I think you should sprinkle I think you should sprinkle the leaves. In Hawaii at least, that was the way they got their water over there. Is mm. we would get these uh, morning sprinkles. Actually they weren't from no clouds above it. It would blow over the mountain from the right. uh, other side and uh, and they, that, that's why they have the big leaves. They well don't yeah get their water I, through the soil. Well, they do Not get their much. water through the soil. I've read about that. But they also, because their leaves are so large, they're prone to dehydrate. And so um, so you need to keep the, the ground moist. And then you also should keep them um, uh, uh, the humidity up around them. So what I'm going to do is uh, put a... Uh, first of all, I, I planted it so that it's not in direct sunlight. It'll be sort of in the shade of a big avocado tree. Um, so it'll get sunlight, but it's not going to get, like blasted by the sunlight yeah. and then the other thing is um so that'll kind of keep, keep some of the humidity there because it's right there with the avocado tree and then um uh the other thing that i'm going to rig up is there's a fence there as well and on the fence i'm going to put a mister so that it'll spray oh. 
at the thing. The problem okay. is, is that uh, I, it, it needs, as it grows, it's going to grow much taller than the fence. And then the mister will basically be right. just spraying on the stalk. <laughs> so I've got to figure out how to construct something that's going to put the mist up in the air, you know, on the, on the thing. But yeah, I'm trying to do both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just, just attach it to something that grows, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just, just attach the mister on to, to the avocado tree or onto the, um, onto the banana yeah. plant itself. Right. So it just grows up and leave a yeah. length of, uh, yeah, that's funny. You, Honestly, that's probably, they, I they think about that it. That may not be the. That may not be as silly as it sounds. Is just uh, put in, a in, um, uh, in, like in, a in palm desert where they have the date palms. That's what they do. They have those little uh, things actually up above the the uh, tree. Right. I've seen them up there spraying, and and you see this wire up the side. You know, or little little pipe or hose or something. Yeah. Pipe or whatever. Yeah. 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 Well, the mister, the the little plastic tubing for the mister is you know. Basically, you know, I could put a coil of that on the ground and, and have it just go up. It's not that hard to do. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I may have to play around with that. You know, I used to drive up and down the high, different, different highways out there, and you'd see these old, uh, what were palm forests, and they're just about all dead, right? Yeah. Been, so you, you always wonder, well, what happened? Well, I think it's because ultimately it, it, they, uh, you know, they don't get anything at all through the roots. Uh that's just a fiber bundle and it's it just grows out of the top and so if, if you don't have some kind of active thing or you have a, a regular kind mm-hmm. of weather phenomena that you know in the area that, that keeps right. them going uh, they, they die you know <laughs> well they that's it it's it. a desert you know and and in, a, in a, the the palm trees you know you think of palm trees but if you think about them in deserts they're near oases or they're near the ocean where there's moisture right. Um, the actual desert itself does not have palm trees. It has it has cactus and 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 right. you know scrub brush. It does not have palm trees, and so and yeah, I they'll grow there. That, but the uh, pond at the oasis just naturally keeps a bit more humid, and, and so yep. it keeps the trees going. Yeah. So it's always been fascinating as to how how that works. Mm-hmm. It's just. Uh, yeah, I, I've been to that actual oasis. I don't know if you remember going out when we were at Holloman Air Force Base. Uh, yes, out north, and there was this Tule Peak, per- perfect oasis, Tule Peak. Yeah, just to the west of there, mm-hmm. and uh, that that was really neat. Yep, an actual like small pond, small lake that was yeah. driven by a, a desert oasis. I mean, literally, no no water for miles in the desert out there, and then the spring. Yeah. Yep. You know, and the and a great watchtower basically built right next to it because it was like, you know, we say Tule Peak. It was, I don't know, a couple right. hundred feet up, just this, you know, rock formation that jutted up out of the middle of the floor of the desert in a big valley. And yeah. from up there, you could yeah. see people coming from, you know, a hundred miles away. Miles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was it was it was uh, impressive. impressive. You know, I remember reading about those uh, oases as a kid in Boys Life magazine, mm-hmm. and I, I was so fascinated with that because we actually had a, a, a group picnic out there, one of the groups that I worked with. I forgot what it was, and a whole bunch of people showed up. Yeah. That was really nice. Yeah, really no, I remember nice. I remember because they had picnic tables out there and stuff, I and mean, it, was, it was set up for that. Yeah. So, in fact, I think I'm going to see if I can't find that on the 
on a satellite picture uh, mm -hmm. now too. I have, haven't looked at it in a long time. I, I don't know yeah. what it looked like from a satellite, but it'd be fun to look. I at. do that a lot. I go and look at the um, uh, Apple Maps to find things. You know, like I remembered when I was in Hawaii um, uh, a couple years ago for our 30th anniversary, I had visited a, uh, a coffee plantation, but I couldn't remember the name of the coffee plantation. So yeah. I just went on the map and said, well, I know it was over here somewhere and started looking around. There it was. I found Mountain Thunder Coffee. Uh, yeah. Well, I've done that with Mount Haleakala Crater because right at the edge of the crater is the building that I worked in. And, mm -hmm. you know, it stands out. You know, you can see the top of the mountain. There's the radar station and a couple yeah. other things up there now. In fact, it's grown quite a bit since I was there. It was a long time ago. Yeah. But uh, I don't know what's what's all the other stuff. But yeah. well, but I there's know the a building that I worked in because I, I was worried about falling over that uh, edge of that crater one night because I went out the door and the door closed behind me. And it was one of those nights where there was no moon out. It mm -hmm. was black. And I walked around the building with my hand on the building all the way to find the front door. Yeah, and that's high. People don't think about it in Hawaii, but the altitude is high enough up there that that you know if there's humidity, ice forms. It can be slick out there. Yeah. And cold, because you're way yeah. up in the air. Yeah, I've there been up there. Are. They they have a beautiful lookout up there, and it's uh, you can go up there to watch the sunrise sometimes. And uh, I've been up there twice to try to watch the sunrise, and both times it was so cloudy that you'd see the sun for about two seconds, and then it'd go behind clouds again. It's like yeah. Uh, Next time, next time somebody says, let's get up at three in the morning and drive up to watch the sunrise, I'm going, no, thank you. I, I wish that at the time I saw it, I, I'd have had a video camera in my hand. But basically, from there, you could see the uh, nuclear blasts that were going up from uh, uh, gee, Bikini the Atoll. Yeah, the Bikini Atoll, south of there. And they had to rise in the air. But I remember seeing that mushroom cloud rise in the air over the horizon. Wow. It was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. Man. And, you know, once one few instance in time, video is the only way you can capture something like that and get its effect. Uh, and, uh, you know, and it's something they don't do anymore. <laughs> yeah, for good reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But anyway, that was, that was a once-in-a-life experience. So anyway, I think we're about to the end of the show. Uh, it's about that uh, over an hour and a half now, isn't it? Uh, Looks like it. Yeah, we're right at, at, right at 90 minutes. So, right at 90 anyway, minutes. Anyway, you know me, it's uh, past my lunchtime. <laughs> we, you, you go certain distance and say, okay, I'm done. That's it. That's My it. tummy says it's time to quit. So, yeah. yeah, well, we covered a lot of stuff here. So, um, and anything we didn't cover, we'll talk about. Hey, now, um, just so people know, next week, um, uh, you've got some other things going on. And so we probably won't broadcast next week. Is that correct? Uh, if, if we do, it'll be kind of a real late call. So I okay. can't say we can promise our audience because uh, Joel... We'll see just a couple nights, or Tobin yeah. a couple nights before. Your brother and, and my brother. Tobin is my brother, Joel is your right. brother, and both are visiting you next week. So you're going to be a little busy, uh, among right. other and things. Right, and I don't, I don't really know what all their plans are. Right. Uh, other than Tobin's coming to, I'm going to pick him up at the airport. So that's, right. Yeah. Uh, that's about it. 
So and, okay, uh, we'll just have to work it out. Okay, well but maybe just, we'll do I, it. Maybe we'll uh, have Tobin join us now. Next Monday is the WWDC, so um, hopefully we'll have an opportunity to talk about that afterwards. And uh, although you may have a hard time, uh, what, Tobin comes in on Sunday, right? Uh, yes, very yeah. early Sunday morning. Yeah, so Monday, uh, he he may be still sort of like adjusting to the new time zone. So while he's doing that, you can sit and watch WWDC for an hour. Uh, we'll see. Well, that's, it, a, it, that's, a, that's at 1 o'clock in the afternoon here. It starts right. at 10 there, I think. Right, yeah. 10 o'clock my time, 1 o'clock your time. So um, so we'll see if you get to watch it. If not, uh, it's always there to watch later. They record it. And so right. you, can, you can always watch it after the fact, and then we can have a conversation about it. Um, but right. uh, I will I will watch it, and um, I, I'm debating as to you know if you're not available, I might just do a quick, uh, a, a very short just uh, solo show review. Yeah, just talking about what I saw and what my initial responses are, and then you know after we have more time to mull it over, we can talk about it together. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but uh, okay. anyway. Next week will be a little different for those of you listening, so um, just be aware of that, and uh, and we'll be back when we're back. All right. So thanks okay. for joining us. Enjoy uh, today. I enjoyed today later. too. Bye bye.